we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. And today we're taking a short break from the horrors of the modern day to tell a little tale of one of the lesser known characters of history. One who had no small amount of adventures, whose legacy is diminished only by the lack of surviving primary sources, and whose stature in public consciousness is dwarfed by a famous book and TV character. Today we're talking about Sir Geoffrey Hudson, a.k.a. Lord Minimus, the smallest man in England. Oh my god. Yeah. How small are we talking? Like inches? Feet? Real tiny. Oh wow. Like. This man's living my dream. Tinier than you think possible. Don't say that quite yet. Okay. Wait to the end before you say he's living your dream. <laughs> I just think it would be so cool to be <sighs> tiny. Well, you know what? Let's think about that. Let's let's take that statement and put it aside and we'll get back to that yeah. after the story. Did you like how many short short jokes I crammed into that first I did. sentence? That, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, very clever, <sighs> very stupid. Hmm. But you know, I just happened to come across this story last week, just like browsing the internet, and for some reason, it just grabbed me a little bit, a little bit. I didn't even mean to do that one. Yeah, because it's ridiculous and super tragic, real tragic. Ridiculous and tragic. That is kind of our forte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's life. It's true. <laughs> it's incredibly true. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm going to let you all know right now, I'm going to be making a lot of short jokes. Yeah. It's just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make me a good person. Kind of, kind of makes me the opposite of a good person. Yeah. But. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. I'm extremely prejudiced. Burn in hell for yeah. it. See, but Listen. I'm 6'3", right? Tall, but not tall enough to be notable. Except that every fucking show I go to, I have to stand in the back of the room, usually by the fucking garbage can. Yeah. Whereas this little bastard were he around today would be like riding on the shoulders of some beautiful woman at the very front of the crowd. Yes. Yeah. And I guarantee I've hit my head on things more times in my life than he did. Mm-hmm. It's like once or twice a day. Has anyone ever asked you in the grocery store to get something for them? Of course. Really? Yeah. God. I offer a lot of times if I see someone struggling. Oh, that's yeah. nice. I mean, it's, it's obligation. You gotta. I guess I've never noticed anyone um, struggling with that. Huh. Am I just going around just like. I think I'm in my own little world at the in... grocery store. I think that's, that's <laughs> really that, what's going on. Or I'm just going around inserting myself into people, like assuming that they can't reach something and they, mm-hmm. they can. Yeah. No, you can be helpful with your tallness. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's an asset. And an annoyance. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even like, I'm not tall enough to be notable mm-hmm. at all. Just. Yeah. Just hit my head a lot. Anyway, Jeffrey Hudson was one of the primary inspirations for the character of Tyrion Lannister from the A Song of Ice and Fire series of books and the more well-known but much worse TV show Game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah. And so I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. But I have watched a show called Seeking Sister Wife where a guy named his kid Tyrion. Oh, boy. And my friend was like, well, that's a dumb name to give your kid. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that. So I assume that this character is not uh, favorable. Oh, he's a, he's probably the fan favorite. Oh, OK. Yeah, he just he he doesn't have he doesn't have an easy go of it. Ah, yeah, yeah. 
Neither did Jeffrey Hudson. I mean, I just looked up a picture of Lord Minimus. Yes. I I don't mean to be diminutive, but he's adorable. <laughs> yes. At least one of this one image yes. where he's got the little bangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. No, that's kind of that's where he differs from Tyrion Lannister, even though in the show, show Tyrion's handsome. But no, yeah, that's kind of Hudson's whole thing. God, you got okay. a picture of him with a little monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. And Jeffrey Hudson was not your standard dwarf in that he did not have like standard dwarfism, nor was he a little person. I mean, he was a little person, but not a little person. Uh-huh. God, we're playing old Ruth, young Ruth again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he was not a little person. He had a fucked up pituitary gland. Okay. Is what we've determined, uh, which caused a deficiency in human growth hormone. All right. Yeah. Meaning he was perfectly proportioned in every way, just incredibly small. Mm -hmm. His life story is full of insanity, adventure, and tragedy, going from the poor son of a town butcher to the Queen of England's pet, becoming her advisor, getting captured by pirates like too many times, dead murdering a man, getting captured by pirates again, allegedly becoming a spy, and then having his life ruined for being Catholic. Ah. Yeah. What a story. Yeah, more than anything, this story exemplifies one of my favorite things as well as your, one of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, just how incredibly fucked up the olden days were and how yep. incredibly fucked up royalty was. So, like, what century are we in? 1600s. Okay, great. Yeah, early 1600s. Yep. Excellent. So, this is right before and right at the English Civil War. Mm-hmm. This is that monarchy. Yeah, would that be the, is that technically the Enlightenment yeah, I think so. Yeah. The, uh, the age of exploration or whatever. And this is like, I mean, it, this is a really interesting time period because this is when you have like, yeah, this is like right after John Dee's time, I believe. This is uh, that that clash of science and religion and religious wars and, and all this shit. It's yeah. uh, very interesting. It's the, the, the very end of, well, not the very end of the feudal days, but yeah. Looking up the... Some important historical events that happened in the 17th century. Uh, the crowns of England and Scotland yep. united. Russia's times of trouble end. Europe's 30-year war. Uh, the Mayflower brings the pilgrims to North America. Mm-hmm. Fall of China's Ming Dynasty. The Great Turkish War. Uh, Isaac Newton is doing his shit. Yep. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. So, you know, as... Every century, there's the and there's more stuff. Well, this going is the, on. the end quote, like age of reason. Yeah. Right? So let's get into it. But before we do, let's do what we do pull a tarot card and talk about what it teaches us at the end of the episode. Mm. The execution of Charles the First. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. He's a big part of the story. Yeah. I mean, um, Jeffrey Hudson is like, he was witness to everything that led up to the execution of Charles the First. Mm hmm. Right. Like he was the advisor to the queen and all this shit. Like he was right there for all of this. I read in the in the source book I used Lord Minimus, um, Nick Page. He says that the English Civil War, you know, cost uh, in- more English lives than World War One, which is. Damn. That's a, yeah. No, it was it was <laughs> fucked up. People. It's a crazy thing. Yeah. This is um one of those time periods that I'm pretty blind on, like. I have only recently really started going back. Yeah, yeah. Gathering knowledge about the past. And I feel like we're 
we've got a pretty good handle on the 19th century, at least in America. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. We've got yeah. a handle on certain things, but there's always more to learn. Oh, there's absolutely always more But I know more the vibe of but the 19th century. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, have yeah. like hardly any base knowledge on this time period. So we, this is exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of know the vibe of like the 1700s, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Dark. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't didn't really know anything about this time period either. I don't really know that much about the English Civil War, just what I just learned. But it's uh, it's some wild shit. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, in um, the Count of Saint-Germain episode, we were dealing with the fallout of that with like the year of Charles and all this shit, like the, the fight to put that dynasty or that family back on mm-hmm. the throne shit. Whew. Three of Swords. Sorrow. Oh, yeah. All righty. Yeah, Saturn in Libra. God. Last time we pulled this was Jack Parsons 1. Mm. Yes. A lot of people get the Three of Swords tattooed on themselves. Why would you do that? That's what I'm saying. What the fuck? Like, dude? interesting choice. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's... Whoa. It's probably... I don't... That's the that's the one I don't like seeing the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just not a good time. You're just not going to have a good time. I know. Remember, I pulled it right before I got broken up with. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I see it coming. And it came. And I was like, damn it. At least the cards told me first. Dog. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's appropriate. Yeah. It's for sure appropriate. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to do it. exists so i had to use it yeah (laughs) god (laughs) so i don't want to jump too far ahead yeah but i do i'm familiar with the idea of what a court dwarf is yes and i know that there were certain ones who had like feuds with one another certain ones that sort of gained infamy yep an interesting phenomenon it is uh basically human pets Basically, yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Hudson's a bit different. Yeah. He was kind of pretty unique uh, among people, but there, like, there were other uh, court dwarves. And usually they- Around this time period is kind of yeah, when it was like yeah. a thing. And they, they were usually people with dwarfism. Yep. Right. There's uh, Maybe we'll have time for it, but there's like an aside about a, uh, two, two other court, court dwarves that end up getting married and- uh, having like a bunch of kids and way more of them survive than most kids. And, yeah. And they did very well for themselves. Uh, dude was like a, <laughs> he was, the, the, the guy dwarf was a incredibly respected miniaturist. Mm-hmm. He made many things. He made tiny things. Yeah. And he, he did it very well. 
God. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that there was one famous court dwarf that was a bearded lady court dwarf. Wow. Yeah. Um, she was famous. Yeah. So this is a thing. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Also, dear listener, if you're like listening to this, like, wow, Sequoia's a fucking huge asshole. This is. Re- you are, I'm, though. I'm doing a thing. It'll become clear by the end of it. Uh huh. It also will. It's a thing that allows me to just make a lot of short jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jeffrey's father. John Hudson came to Oakland in Rutland County, England in 1611. Rutland County is appropriately the smallest county in England. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Which has the motto, mutum in parvum, or much in little. Can't make this shit up, dude. Wow. Yeah. Good things come in small packages. (laughs) John was a butcher, and he got himself a wife named Mary. They had one daughter, Joan, but Mary died in childbirth. See, people died a lot in England at this time. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. in childbirth. Yeah. Not good hygiene practices. No. Didn't really know about germs. No. And uh, hand ba- washing. Yeah. None of that shit. Babies had a one in three chance of surviving the first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this case, the baby lived, but Mary didn't. So Big John found another wife, and John was big, too. He was a big boy. This new wife's name was Lucy Royce, and they started having more kids. The first, Annis, was born in 1618. She died, too. Then on June 14th, 1619, little Jeffrey was born. And he was already little Jeffrey, but it was normal at the time. Yeah. Because he was a baby. Right. Babies are supposed to be little. Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after Jeffrey's birth, King James's gay lover, George Villiers, which I guess he was, he was the Duke of Buckingham. And he was like, him and the king spent a lot of time alone together. Okay. And like. King of England. Yeah. King James. James. Yeah. It was kind of like an open secret that they were just like way too fucking close. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Duke of Buckingham bought the uh, manor house at the top of the hill in Oakland. And George Villiers, the Duke of Buckingham, was known for being the exact stereotype of what you would expect uh, a king's gay lover to be. Loved parties, Uh feasts, fine clothes, dressing up, entertaining people, all this shit. Like, Would you call him a fancy man? He was a fancy man. Yeah. And he bought this manor house basically to just entertain other nobility. And the Duke of Buckingham, like, that's a important dukehood. Yeah. Right? Like, he had a lot of fucking power and influence over the monarchy for, like, three kings deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the succession of, like, king to duke? What is what is a duke's power? What a, what does a duke do? A duke is, um, I mean, he's under a king. I think it's, like, I think duke is, like, right under king. King, duke, count. They're ranked below emperors, kings, grand princes, grand dukes, and sovereign princes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a noble ranking that's like fairly far down, but I do believe it's above like baron and earl. Yeah, no, so it's like it's like pretty God. it's it's pretty high up in terms of like what you're gonna encounter a lot. You know what I mean? Like there's not that many grand princes or grand dukes. And then like there's always a king. Okay. But not always an emperor. Okay, okay. A duke is the highest ranking title in nobility below all of that other shit I listed. Yeah. Following a duke is a marquis. Ah. Then an earl, or if you're English, a count. And then a viscount. And then lastly, a baron. Ah. Yep. So a duke's better than a baron. Duke's better than a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a duke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like Duke of Buckingham would bring all these nobles to this like giant manor house in in Oakland and have feasts, go on hunts, all this shit, and engage in their favorite entertainment, bull baiting. Okay. You ever heard of bull baiting? No, but I have an idea of what it might be. It's wicked fucked up. Is it what it sounds like? Kinda. I don't know. What does it sound like to you? Sounds like baiting bulls. Yeah. 
sounds like provoking cattle in, into so you doing get, things for entertainment. So you get this bull, right? Yeah. Get a bull. All right. All pissed off and majestic and shit. You tie a fucking anchor to his nose ring so it can't move too far. Yeah. In the middle of the floor. Then you like throw English bulldogs at him and chuckle like the sick fucks you are while these animals fight it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the bull had sharp horns, they'd be put in like these sheaths to dull the horns, giving to keep the bull from goring the dogs, right? So the bull's only recourse is then to just try and hike the dogs up into the air. I'm disturbed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get the horns under and flip them high enough to hopefully, from the bull's perspective, break their backs when they land. These. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what? You just got a bunch of dead dogs? Well, see, the bull baiters, the dudes who are in charge of setting the whole catastrophe up, mm-hmm. they would often like dive under the dogs to provide like a soft landing and shit because like the dogs are supposed to win. Oh my God. Is this is why they're called bulldogs? Like yes. English bulldogs? Yep. Yep. Jesus. Yep. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Yep. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the bull was adorned with squibs, little fireworks to go off when the dogs attacked him. What the fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. And usually the uh, bulls would die from blood loss after getting chomped on enough. Oh my God. The dogs would often die, yes. Sometimes though, the bulls would break out and fuck up the spectators, which is pretty tight. Yeah. I always root for the bull in human versus bull fights. Right. Every time. Jeffrey Hudson's dad was a bull baiter for the Duke and Duchess of Buckingham. Mm-hmm. And by the time Jeffrey was seven years old, they started to notice that uh, there might be something a bit wrong with the boy. He ain't growing. He wasn't a baby no more, so the fact that he was still real tiny was concerning. Yeah. Now, you you must be asking at this point, how tiny was he? My man was 18 inches tall. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's tinier than I expected. Yeah, dude. That's confirmed by multiple sources. Holy shit. This motherfucker was 18 inches tall at seven years old, and he would remain 18 inches tall for at least 15 years. Wow. Yeah. That's that's this big, dude. I was going to say, I feel like I've eaten like sandwiches that long. It's that's a that's a foot long and a half. Basically, yeah. You get a foot long subway sub, add another half onto that. That's Jeffrey Hudson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He tiny. Real fucking small, dude. Um, And it took that. Yeah. He was, however, perfectly proportioned. He was alert. Happy, intelligent, and charming. Just real small. Yep. Otherwise, he's just literally a miniature person. They knew he wasn't a dwarf because being short is only one characteristic of dwarfism. Uh, and as I said, now we would classify Hudson as a pituitary dwarf, deficiency of human growth hormone by virtue of a fucked up pituitary gland. Early biographers had a different theory, though. They thought that the cause of Hudson's small stature was due to an incident experienced by Jeffrey's mother while she was pregnant, in which she choked on a gherkin. A pickle? Pickle. She had a very straight throat, you understand. And gherkins, being pickles, are quite briny. Yeah. Yes. I don't understand. <laughs> Me neither. I have no fucking clue. I, I don't know how those are correlated. I have no fucking at idea. At all. That's... A lot of pregnant women eat pickles. But she had a very straight throat. Oh, okay. <laughs> that really sets her apart. Yeah, dude, I have no fucking... That's like, that's a thing that was said at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it in like multiple places too. I mean, you, of course you have to reference that, but like, yeah, medicine at this time was fucking something else, dude. Oh yeah. There was also some speculation that Jeffrey's parents had intentionally dwarfed him by somehow inhibiting his growth. Whoa. Either through How physical the fuck means. They do that? They're like magicians. Or well, that was obviously a theory. Yeah. An idea, witchcraft or black magic and shit, but more like keeping him wrapped up tight in a blanket, like um, how women in China 
have done their found their shit. feet. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think it works like that. Most likely, dude was just fucking tiny. Yeah, yeah, and being tiny meant that his life was forever going to be about being tiny. Right. Yeah. Unless like his parents just had a patch of like. Alice in Wonderland mushrooms in the backyard that could like make you bigger, make you smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that'd be pretty. You never know. But you know, honestly, Jeffrey could have had a much worse situation material. Oh, yeah. Like Jeffrey at least had an advantage. Had had his father not been the Duke of Buckingham's bull baiter, he would have ended up at a freak show, which were even more fucked up in the 1600s than they were in the 18 and 1900s. Mm -hmm. Or he'd be like dancing on tables in a bar. Either way, he'd be expected to work and earn his keep as soon as he could because this was a wretched and savage time period. Yeah. You know? But the thing is that, like, being somehow a freak, you know, for lack of a better term, it meant that you did kind of have a guaranteed job. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could always rely on mm-hmm. on that to, like, it's it it's sucks, like, but, like. You know, if people are going to look at you anyway. Yeah. Might as well charge them. Yeah. And especially when it's like, I don't know. It's probably hard to get ahead in the world if you're just some fucking normal-sized asshole in feudal England. Uh-huh. Yeah. And luckily, though, Jeffrey was people what knew people. And upon realizing that Homeboy wasn't going to get any bigger, Jeffrey's father took him to the manor house and introduced him to the Duchess of Buckingham. She, I'd like to show you my tiny son. Yeah, basically, yeah. She loved this little fucker and yeah. immediately offered him a place in her court where he'd have his own bedroom, get baths, have servants... In all manner of luxuries, right? Compared to living in a fucking thatched roof on a, on a muddy street, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yes, he'd essentially just be there so the Duchess could say, look at this little dude. I but, have often had dreams of being a human pet. You know. Wouldn't be so bad. Well, just hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, this little situation lasted for a little while. But then old uh, King James had fucked off and died. And King Charles had ascended to the throne along with his child bride, Henrietta Marie, a.k.a. Queen Mary, because the English couldn't pronounce the French name Henrietta Marie. Now, Henrietta, she's an important character in the story. Henrietta Henrietta was French. Um, In the marriage contract, Henrietta Henrietta was allowed to have 60 French people at court Mm. and not one more. She... She brought like 450 French people with her. <laughs> and a sizable portion of those were priests. This was a big fucking problem. Uh-huh. Religion is a touchy subject in this time, especially, right? Henrietta was Catholic. Okay. Charles was Anglican, which is like the English version of Catholic. Okay, so Henrietta is from France. Yep. And she's Catholic. She's Catholic. She's getting married to King Charles. King Charles I. Of England. Of England. And she's going to become the Queen of England. Yes. Queen Henrietta. Yeah, or Queen Mary, as she was known. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, she was like, she's like 15 when this story starts. Yeah. Charles is a Part grown-ass of course. Man. Yeah. Yeah, and Henrietta was Catholic, Charles was Anglican. And that's a whole fucking thing that's too much to get into, but it's important to know that it was very contentious. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't go to Charles' crowning ceremony as because it was like an Anglican rite. Yeah. And it would be heresy. Wow. As a Catholic. How progressive for the time. Yeah, right. Wow. And which means that she was never crowned in the eyes of God. Yeah. Which became relevant later on. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Henrietta and Charles at this point had a pretty loveless relationship. 
Okay. More like that between a stepfather and a stepdaughter. So were they just married for like nobility just, reasons? Yeah, just royal shit, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, okay. Just like a contract marriage, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, an, you know, get the English and the French to stop killing each other for a little yeah. while and shit, you know? Here's my daughter. Fuck. Yeah. That's how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. She'll be queen. You'll be king. One day they got into a fight and Charles kicked out all the French people from court as punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Get these just dirty French out of here. Literally, like, it's just so bizarre. But then Henrietta's alone in the strange, terrible land of England, surrounded by Anglicans and fucking no French people. And so she surrounds herself with pets, dogs, monkeys, birds, hangs out in the garden all day. Uh. Right? She's got this menagerie and just keeps to herself and shit. Uh, the Duke of Buckingham saw an opportunity here because he was always wheeling and dealing, you know? Yeah. They all are. And his ass was sucking at it. Okay. Duke of Buckingham is George. George Villiers or however. Or Villiers. Yeah, but it's English. So probably Villiers. Villiers. I don't fuck. I'm just going to call him the Duke of Buckingham. He's the dude who owns Jeffrey Hudson right now. Or at least the Duchess does. Duke, the Duke of Buckingham was sucking at it. He was a very powerful man, yet incapable in statecraft. And uh, he made like blunder after blunder and got the whole court pissed off at him. He had run out of money and couldn't pay his soldiers. Like he needed... (laughs) He needed a solution and like he had pissed off Henrietta before by going to war with the French for some stupid reason. Just because mm-hmm. I think he needed money and yeah. Yeah. But seeing how alone this teenage girl was, old Duke of Buckingham thought he could ingratiate himself to her by doing what he did best. Throwing parties. Yeah. And he threw some fucking bangers. Like just the feasts and banquets and shit. Um, this court in particular spent so much fucking money on this shit. Mm-hmm. So much fucking money. And at this one fucking banquet, you know, they served like course after course of fresh greens, bacon, roast beef, ham, a giant fucking bone marrow pie with layers of artichokes, currants, dates, all this bullshit. How decadent. Yeah, dude. And then it was time for dessert. And King Charles took dessert very seriously. Mm-hmm. Very seriously. Like, it was in a whole other room. You couldn't talk. There was always, like, one special dessert that wasn't meant to be eaten, but was meant to be, like, an art piece and shit. Meant to do something weird that would entertain and fascinate. Oh. It's a whole fucking thing, dude. These people are so weird. They're just such odd, odd human beings. But this time, it was this giant cake, right? We had this giant fucking cake. And on a signal, the top of the cake opened up, and out came a tiny arm. My goodness. It's Jeffrey Hudson in the cake. Wow. <laughs> He's the king cake baby. Dude, and it was it was a pre- he was a present. Yeah. Uh the Duke Buckingham gave, gave Queen Henrietta the little Jeffrey Hudson to add to her menagerie and Lordy she was just thrilled with this. She fucking loved him. She was like, oh my God, you're so tiny. Yeah, wow. You fit just, in a pie. Yeah, he's just like an eight-year-old kid. Yeah. Just a little, little dude in a fucking cake. Ah! Yeah. Hudson didn't mind either. I mean, he's like eight years old. When I was eight years old, I would have loved getting into a cake and surprising the Queen of England. <laughs> this old house smelled like shit. Boys having an adventure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Hudson goes and moves in with the Queen at Denmark House, along with all her pets and the rest, the rest of her court, right? And here, Jeffrey would be educated you know we know he spoke read and wrote both english and french Mm -hmm. he was very well educated and doted on the king of queen the king and queen basically replaced his parents although at this time the queen's attitude towards jeffrey was something between a proud mom and a proud owner of a fluffy little dog yeah yeah and at denmark house there was there's another 
feller in the in the queen's uh, queen's court. The royal porter, William Evans. Denmark House is still in England. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is like the queen's house, and it became like a, a symbol of the Catholic. Um, Mm-hmm. Almost a holy site for English Catholics when they were getting fucking accused of crimes and shit for mm. being Catholic and stuff. So yeah, there's the royal porter William Evans. This dude's the opposite of Jeffrey Hudson. Seven foot six inches. Whoa, Hul- <laughs> hulking and ugly, knock kneed and duck footed. Mm-hmm. Big boy, big boy. Yeah, this is just like a fantasy land. Like, yeah, I'm thinking of the movie Big Fish right now. Yeah, it's just like what she's got monkeys and birds, yeah. a tiny dude, a giant dude and shit. Mm-hmm. The first time the two were seen together, William Evans and Jeffrey Hudson. Boy, it was a hoot. Oh, I bet. It was a hoot. See, they used to do these things called masks, not masquerades. Uh-huh. Different thing. But there are masks. It's the same type of thing, same genre of 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 thing. A masquerade is just a party, right? In in the mask and stuff. Yes. Whereas a mask is a participatory dramatic performance combined with a party and shit. There's like songs, pantomimes, skits and shit. Oh. You know, people write them and and no- Oh, I love that concept. Yeah, uh Charles and and Henrietta were Charles especially was big into the uh big into the masks. Mm. Yeah. He fucking loved them. This was like this was the heyday of masks. Yeah. I think they might have invented them, actually. This court, or King James, maybe. Well, William Evans starred in one of these skits. Uh, a bit of slapstick humor where he, he played a, a giant being taught all these lessons, like in a comic fashion. Uh-huh. You know? And at one point, Evans' character, exhausted from all the comedy, sits down on the stage. And he pulls out a loaf of bread from his enormous pocket in like a feigned act of sandwichery. Feigned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, he reaches into his other pocket and he pulls out. Not meat or cheese, but Jeffrey Hudson. <laughs> wow. Yes. The crowd fucking loved it. They loved it. <laughs> they lost their minds. Imagine. this. See, this is what I want. I just want to fit in someone's pocket. <laughs> He's living my dream at this point, at least in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how many people can say that they've been inside of a pocket? Not many. You know? Not many. I just, there's just this theme of just like, Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> Holy me. shit! Yeah. I'm a tiny guy. Look at me. <laughs> and like, so after this, uh, Evans and Jeffrey were like often painted together, became sort of a dynamic duo in the eyes of popular culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, there's like, there, there was like Porter and Dwarf Street in London and shit. And, and if you ever see Porter and Dwarf, it refers to these two. They, they, were, they were an iconic duo. Became like this piece of weird high middle ages pop culture. Yeah. The giant and the dwarf. And now there are all these tales of fucking Jeffrey almost killing himself by being small while at Denmark House. Of course. Like one we know is true and that's like he fell out of a window, but being tiny, he bounced back rather quickly from a fall that would kill a normal sized man. I like to think that he bounced like a bouncy ball. (laughs) (laughs) Landed a bush. Yeah. Others... Not so historically verifiable. There's a tale about how he nearly drowned trying to wash his face, and after that, the queen didn't permit him to use anything larger than a coffee cup. <laughs> coffee didn't come to England until much later, so probably not true. Yeah. Another has him being blown away by the wind, and the queen instructing that he should not go outside without leaden shoes. Oh my god. And that's just a retelling of like an old fable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But people would make up stories about this guy. Of course. Right? And at court, he had like a special 
place. Like he had been educated both in book learning and in how to be charming. Mm-hmm. He was like really charming. And there were other dwarfs at court, like I mentioned, but Jeffrey was the only one who had poems written about him, paintings made of him, right? Mm-hmm. He was a sensation. In 1627, Lord Buckingham fucked up again by attacking the French again and losing 2,000 men. Uh-huh. Well, Buckingham, Look at Buckingham, what are you doing? I don't know. And, and like, why? Now, while Buckingham was away, the king and queen realized they actually liked each other quite a lot without this fucking asshole and his like schemes. Go figure. Yeah. Buckingham returned without anything to show for his endeavors. Uh, he was good and proper fucked. Mm-hmm. The public was distributing like anti Buckingham pamphlets. He was a pariah to everyone except King Charles, who didn't realize that this dude was the cause of most of his troubles. One day, a former captain who was in the employ of Lord Buckingham, uh, who had been fired when Buckingham ran out of money, when he had pleaded with Buckingham that he'd die without the money, only that Buckingham told him uh, the most English Lord bullshit I've ever heard. He said, uh, well, you'd better go hang. Yeah, just an asshole. Well, this this former captain, one day he uh, crept up on Lord Buckingham in the dark alleyway in the middle of the night and stabbed the fuck out of him in the neck. Killed him dead. Oh, yeah, Buckingham died. Charles was heartbroken. Oh. So the queen went to his side. She, He he needed her, you know, and she's, you know, a little bit older now. Mm-hmm. Right. She can start to feel like a real queen. And they actually fell in love during this time. Like. Isn't that beautiful? And they like really did, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And then the queen was pregnant. Baby was premature and stillborn. Oh, sad. The, the doctor's. Blamed this on the fact that she saw two dogs fighting once when she was pregnant. That's definitely it. That or is her passion for shellfish. That might be it, actually. <laughs> that might could be. Maybe, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think pregnant women are not supposed to eat shellfish. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, she was devastated, right? Henrietta was devastated. And Jeffrey Hudson spent every day at her bedside, like, consoling her. And this is kind of when all these roles start changing like queen henrietta moving from you know useless child bride who's just alone all day because she hates yeah. it, to actual queen and you know lover of the king mm-hmm. jeffrey hudson going from i'm not just a pet i'm your friend yeah though i'm just a little kid yeah he's like still what like eight years old at this point in the story nine ten yeah um, he little yeah yeah he's 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 a kid yep you know and so is she realistically Right. True. Anyway, she became pregnant again, and a group of emissaries was assembled to bring back the best midwife in all of France. <laughs> oh, what a task he sent out on. And for some fucking reason, they put the 18-inch tall 11-year-old Jeffrey Hudson in this party. Uh, yeah, he's going to find the best midwife. They just No, dude, he was literally sent there as just another, hey, hey, look at this. Type of thing. Well, he's going to get people's attention. Yeah. You know, that's for sure. And again, it was, he was a hit. The French fucking loved this little dude. <laughs> yep. Court ladies gave his ass like 2,000 pounds worth of jewels, like pounds as in um, money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in like olden days money too. That boy got paid for being a cute little guy. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the last because on the way back, they got captured by pirates. Okay. Yeah. This was just kind of a thing that happened. Pirates would just like capture rich people and ransom them. Did Henrietta get captured? No, she wasn't with them. 
Okay. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. They're just going to look for the midwife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not. The midwife was she's pregnant. Yeah. She's got to lay back. So there was these like she's pirates. Got pickles to eat. Yeah, exactly. Actually, she better not. She better not. But don't look at any dogs either. Yeah. But yeah, there was these like pirates would just kind of kidnap people, and they were sort of allowed to operate. Like it was just not necessarily worth it to stop them. Right. You know, don't want to piss anybody out. Of the, you don't just kidnap the best midwife in all of France though when she's got to go save the queen's baby, the heir to the throne of England. Right. right? That's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a time sensitive thing as well. Yeah. So the court basically immediately sent a notice like, yo, look, we put up with your bullshit, but that's the queen's midwife and uh, our favorite tiny little guy. We will fuck you up. So they took the jewels and sent them on their way. Back at court, there was much rejoicing. Queen said she was more distraught than if a whole fleet had been lost. And the king repaid Geoffrey for the 2,000 pounds of jewels he lost. Shortly after the return, Queen Henrietta gave birth to a healthy baby. And the midwife was paid 1,000 pounds, half of what Jeff got for simply being a little guy. <laughs> and the next 10 years, like that, that's just to show they fucking love this little guy. I mean, they laughed at him all the time. Yeah. Right. There's a weird dichotomy here that just never, never. Mm-hmm. Ends. He is also very powerless in all of these scenarios. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But the next 10 years were pretty fucking rad for Jeffrey Hudson. Yeah. But that's not unlike just being a normal kid. All children are pretty powerless over it's where wicked, they go and what they do. That so. is true. Yeah, that's you know? entirely true. In some ways, he probably had, I mean, he definitely had more agency than most children. Anyway. Probably. Right? Yep. It's it's an interesting question. I don't know. It's it's a It's a weird situation. Because he is a kid. It's an incredibly weird situation. <laughs> incredibly weird situation. Yeah. Well, for the next 10 years, like, things were pretty good. Uh, he started his training as a proper nobleman, like learning sword fighting, pistol shooting, horse riding, all that night shit, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was- <laughs> Horse riding? Yeah, dude. Pony riding? Um, I... Are they putting him on, like, big-ass horses? I don't know, actually. Can you imagine him? <laughs> <laughs> God, he was a something hel- goes wrong. He's getting launched off that horse. Yeah, like he's flying through the air. He was a pretty good rider, dude. Yeah, he, physically he was like pretty fucking capable. Oh my god, and yeah, a little tiny helmet, did, little yeah. tiny boots. He did show up that first to that first feast in tiny little night suit. Yeah, yeah. He also like learned book learning too. He's like well educated. He learned book learning, you say. Yes. Yes. I do. Yes. And like, God damn it, you bastard. <laughs> He's an educated little feller. And I'm not. Yeah, me either. <laughs> uh, the 1630s are also like comparatively good for England as well. Mm-hmm. Dueling was on the decline, you know, so that's good. Uh, dueling's on the down low. <laughs> there was relative peace and relative prosperity. There were many masks and Jeffrey was always cast in them, usually as some sort of little imp or devil. Oh, fun. Yeah. Just like on Helldate. You ever see Helldate? Nope. It's on BET. At least it used to be a long time ago. It's a show where people think that they're on a dating show. Mm. and But they don't know that they're being set up on a blind date with an actor whose job is to make the date really bad and uncomfortable. It's Helldate. And then at the end of it, a dwarf in a devil costume comes out and goes, you're on Helldate. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. They, we've been cast in dwarves as devils for Nothing for fucking centuries. changes. Nothing ever fucking nope. changes. Cool. But yeah, uh, so like they spent their summers like traipsing around the countryside looking at shit and going, hey, look at that shit. You know? Yeah. Look at those trees. Look at this nice countryside. 
At one point, an old dude named Thomas Parr showed up at court. His ass claimed to be 150 years old. Mm-hmm. Likely story. So they brought him into the court, too. <laughs> this guy's really old, this guy's really <laughs> tiny, and this guy's really tall. Yeah, dude. Jeffrey Hudson, William Evans, and Thomas Parr became a trio referred to as the three wonders of the age. Wow. <laughs> and, like, Thomas Parr died within a couple of years of his arrival. He wasn't 150, but he was, like, old as fuck. Yeah. So in 1637, Jeffrey turned 18, which made him a man. And with this, his attitude started changing a bit. Mm. Like, it, it seems like he, in his mind, was never going to just be a dwarf. Like, he was going to be like, I'm a man now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the show I Am Shauna Ray? Why do you just keep asking me about these TV shows that I've never seen? I don't know. Well, it's about a girl that's like in her 20s, but she permanently looks eight years old. Oh, really? And she talks about the challenges of like, and she also has God. pituitary dwarfism. Oh, okay, so she like, has she has the same thing. Yeah, uh, so she just looks like a child, but is old. Fuck. Yeah. So like dating is near impossible. Yeah. Like it's impossible to be taken seriously. Like she'll show her ID, but people still won't believe her. Yeah. You know, they think that they're just being pranked. And she has a show about her. Yeah. Because that's all you can fucking do. Right. What else? Crazy. Yeah. Damn. I think she's trying to be a singer. Word. Yeah. God, I I would. Half of the the shows on TLC are about dwarves. You got uh, like the little people. Yeah. Big world. There's a bunch of the little couple. Nothing ever changes. Yeah. It's the same shit, dude. Right. There's that's a, fucking wild. Yep. I guess that's why I keep bringing up these shows. Yeah. Because it's, because the, same it's shit. the same shit. Yeah. You know, it's that's crazy. Putting these people on display because there's so many of them. Yeah. That's crazy. I, huh. Yeah. <laughs> how, how about that? Right. But it's interesting <laughs> to like have that 21st century comparison. No, it is. I'm like, like Shauna Ray and seeing her experience like being a looking tiny. Yeah. And trying to be taken seriously as an adult. I imagine that's very frustrating. I imagine that sucks, yeah. Yeah. Definitely feel wicked bad for her. Fuck. When Jeffrey turned 18, one of the things he did was he went to war. The uh, The Spanish and Dutch were having a bit of a rumble. Yeah. It was their turn. That was a, like, it was a crazy rumble. Mm-hmm. There was some wild shit that happened. Dutch Holland was a part of the Spanish Empire and all this shit. Oh, man, it's a whole thing, but it's so it's fucking It's a whole thing. thing. so fucking cool. The, the Dutch Navy was fucking crazy. They uh, they had these little ships that were incredibly mechanically advanced. Yeah. And when they took on the Spanish Armada, they just fucking annihilated the Spanish Empire's Armada. So powerful that everyone knows the term the Spanish Armada, right? That's a, that's a whole fucking thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's beyond the scope of this episode. It's but it's wild. They just, they didn't like lose a single ship and just well, destroyed the Spanish. They live below sea level. Yeah, but so that's okay. So here's what's crazy about that. So yeah, the uh, the Netherlands is below sea level. However, at least a portion of it. Uh, Holland is like yeah, most yeah, which is um like the top counties. Of, yep. Yeah, the bay though is actually really shallow. Mm-hmm. Right. So you couldn't build big ass ships. Right. You had to build small ships, despite like being sea people. You had to build these like shallow water ships. So the Dutch just like went all in on like technology and shit. Mm-hmm. The fucking, the flagship, I forget what the fuck it was. It had like 170 guns on it. So it was like a small ship that's just like brimming with- With guns. With guns. Like 90 more than Gun the English- ship. 90 more than the English flagship, I believe. That had, Then like 100 years later, I believe, is the the ship I it was compared to. I remember uh-huh. about it. It's fucking nuts. Just these clockwork marvels of death and destruction. It's fucking cool. 
like I said, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Jeffrey didn't fight. Jeffrey joined the Earl of Warwick's expedition to help out the Dutch. Because like England was being asked to give assistance to to the Dutch and shit. And they didn't, but the Earl of Warwick was like, I'm gonna help him anyway. And he uh, like lost most of his dudes and shit. But Jeffrey joined the expedition and he didn't fight, but he did like see some brutality from afar. Yeah. And he did sleep on straw, but it's unlikely the queen would have allowed him to get anywhere close to danger. Mm-hmm. Right. He was there for a few weeks, but it did like he was kind of out in the world and he was like seeing violence from afar and shit. Right. Yeah. It they definitely changed some shit in him. And w- when he got back, this is sort of the end of the, the good old days. Right. It's kind of this is when shit starts falling apart. Um. While the queen and nobles are engaging in like the last of the great masks, casting Henrietta as the queen of brilliance with like this really fucking flamboyant and expensive like stagecraft and shit, just just over the top, yeah, uh, royal fanciness, right? The uh, the the old English Civil War was a brewing, and the Scots were rebelling after Charles attempted to force the Anglican Prayer Book on them, mm-hmm. and the kingdom was running out of money. Forty percent of the the crown's funds were being spent to maintain the court itself, mm-hmm. and all their fancy bullshit, the masks and all this stuff. Like that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. The desserts that aren't meant to be eaten and shit, which meant that Charles didn't have the means to hire an army. Charles inherited a crown that was steadily growing poorer, while England herself was growing richer. Mm. The new money was in the Parliament, the merchants and landowners and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Who more and more started wondering, who the fuck is this king guy and why should we care? You know, and I didn't really realize that that could be a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And Charles had to call parliament. Charles didn't like parliament. Yeah. He was one of those divine right of kings guys. Right. He thought he was ordained by God to be the fucking holy king of England. So he didn't. They all do, don't they? Some of them, some of them do more than others. Right. Charles was definitely one of those more than others guys. He he hadn't called Parliament for ten fucking years. Ten years they had no Parliament meeting. Mm. Means he wasn't listening to any concerns. Right. He was just doing his own thing. He was doing his own thing. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah. He thought Parliament was a rubber stamp. He says what needs to be happen. They put a stamp on it. Mm Hmm. Parliament now considered themselves to be the ones with the money, land, and men. They thought King Charles was kind of a fucking loser. Yeah. To make matters worse, like, Charles instructed his clergy to preach that it was a, a sin that Parliament wouldn't give him the money he wanted and shit. hmm Yeah. It's all sorts of fucked up. So having been ignored for 10 years, Parliament took this window of weakness to exact revenge on Charles, like, convicting his close associates of treason and executing them, like, really, really making him sweat, you know? Yeah. It's, it turned into this whole thing where, like, Charles, this, he was on thin fucking ice. Mm-hmm. And he knew it. They knew it. And, like, they knew something was a Bruin. Henrietta was doing dumb shit like writing to the Pope and Cardinals for help. Yeah. Which Parliament found out about. And, oh, you're writing to the head of the Catholics. That's a whole fucking thing. You can't do that. They're heathens. They're, they're, it's so funny. Like, now, like, I feel like Christianity nowadays is much more aligned with each other mm-hmm. but back in the day like right now it's kind of like oh you're a methodist like i don't really understand the difference i mean dude they fucking Lutheran? thought of catholics 
the same way that like evangelicals think of fucking Satanists. Yeah. You know, it was a whole fucking thing. Actually, yeah. So think of it like that. Is Imagine Joe like, Biden like the first Catholic president or something. Uh, Kennedy was. Ah. It might be the second. But that was a whole that was a big ass deal when Kennedy was elected. Yeah. Side note, like I I always forget that I have the same last name as JFK. Like I don't consider it yeah. the same thing, you know. Right. You just it's like, like <laughs> I think it's like the most common name in Ireland too, you know, or at least one county. Yep. Yeah. Most of us are poor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard to overstate how big a deal the Catholic thing was. Like Henrietta was seen by the populace as a heathen and a devil. Like she was receiving death threats all the damn time. Yep. The uh, paranoia in England like ratcheted the fuck up and there were rumors of the rivers running the river running red with blood through London and like angels seen fighting on the rooftops and shit. Like it was like dark, like storm clouds were coming. Like people were getting executed like okay. coming to a head. Okay. It's beyond the scope of this episode to go into the mechanics of how the shit hit the fan, but the shit hit the fan in 1641. Alrighty. Yeah. The English Civil War happened. It was real fucked up and real bloody, and the crown had to flee London. Charles and Henrietta split up. Uh, Charles would return seven years later for his execution. Mm-hmm. Henrietta would return in 1660 once the monarchy was restored, and Geoffrey Hudson would be away from England for 30 years. The Queen's party made its way to Holland. The Prince of Orange was like, good to see you, but you can't stay here. They had to stay for a bit because it took longer to do things back in the day. Yeah. Um, now, according to Paige, this is where Queen Henrietta turns into a bit of a fucking hard ass. Oh. Yeah. She, well, uh, she's been through a lot. She, yeah. And like she was also like a hypochondriac and like a little fucking crazy and shit. Yeah. But she wanted to go back and help Charles. Like she did not want to run away. And there's there's like there were like rumors of her dressing as an old woman and snooping around Dutch bookstores, like looking for intel mm-hmm. and shit, which she was like she was gathering intel and shit and like. They plotted a route and like to set sail back to England with like troops and like they're raising money, buying mercenaries and shit like that. Yeah. And then they were going to sail back, come help King Charles in the fucking war. On the way back, the ships got hit with a bunch of storms and just fucking storms at sea, a whole bunch of boats. Apparently, Henrietta was the only one who kept her cool and indeed thought the whole thing was hilarious. Like <gasps> servants were still trying to like bring her dinner and getting thrown all the ship, throwing food everywhere. And she's oh just God. laughing about it and shit. She's like making jokes. about, Oh, we should go up, get some fresh air. You know, yeah. <laughs> like um, after nine days at sea, the queen and Jeffrey Hudson washed up on shore back in Holland. Undeterred, the queen raised more money, got, a, got them all back on a boat and finally made it to England. There they were met with a thousand man strong royalist cavalry unit, which is, would escort them back to Oxford to meet the king. Mm-hmm. But first... The fishing village they stayed in was bombarded by parliamentary ships. Like, Jeffrey took refuge in a fucking fishing boat in the quay. Like, there's, like, parliament ships just bombing the fuck out of the villa- this fishing village where the Queen and Jeffrey Hudson are staying. If you can yeah. imagine that scene. Little Hudson's, like, under a fishing boat as there's fucking bombs going off. The house the Queen was staying at was reduced to rubble. Like, they hit the house, but she, she escaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, the ships were driven off. Onwards they went. The queen set up a headquarters at York and stayed there for three months, like raising an army to assist her husband and shit. Oh my God. Sorry, I'm not saying much. It's just like there, there, a lot is going yeah, on. Dude, I'm I know. soaking it in. I know. I have to be in active listener mode for, for a little bit just to be like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. That's okay. right. I just had to do the story because it's just like, what the fuck yeah. is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. So they're at York. 
They're there for three months. She's raised an army. She's given out commissions. And Jeffrey, a man now who has seen battle and has been with the queen through some heavy shit. God. A hardened Jeffrey. A hardened Jeffrey. He's, uh, what? He's like 22 now. He's a guy. Like, that's a, that's a man now, you know? He's been a man since he was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he goes to the queen. And he says, hey, this is real shit. Let me do something. And so the queen made Jeffrey Hudson captain of horses, of which he was immensely proud. So he's like an officer now. He's like part of her fucking team. I guess he really was good at riding horses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved riding horses. He was very good at it. And he was like immensely proud of this. And he would sign his name as Captain Jeffrey Hudson for the rest of his life. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And he was an excellent rider. Now, we don't know if he ever saw a battle. It's entirely possible, but the Queen's army mostly avoided parliamentary troops on the way to meet the king. Mm-hmm. Like they were like hiding from shit and like evading and shit. They did meet the queen in July of 1643 um, in Oxford. And at this point, there had only been two major battles in the Civil War. And it was an even fight. Mm-hmm. So like- with the king and queen reunited at Oxford, there was they had hope. Everything was great for a little bit, you know. Um, they set up like a makeshift court and they did their dumb royalty shit again, masks and stuff. Yeah. While war is raging around them, there's like a botanical garden. They had like a fake little court there for a bit. It's possible, but in no way proven that Jeffrey Hudson fought along alongside Prince Rupert and King Charles at the Battle, Battle of Newbury, which was one of those like fucked up meat grinders where both sides claim victory, but really both sides lost. Mm-hmm. But no idea. What we do know is that the smell of spring was in the air, and so was romance. For soon after, oh. for soon Henrietta was pregnant again. This time it was Jeffrey's baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can you imagine? That'd be hilarious. But so she had to fuck off again to go have a baby. Yeah. And in 16, April of 1644, and the king and queen would never see each other again. They went to Exeter, where the queen gave birth, um, and it was a really shitty birth that left her, like, paralyzed on one side. I was about to say, like, wow, she's gone through a lot of births and isn't dead yet. She's getting her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this is the one that starts to... It's not what kills her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, at least. But yeah, so they're in Exeter, and, like, she gives birth, and she's all fucked up afterwards. Yep. I don't know how much also of her being fucked up was real or hypochondria, because she was a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. And then the parliament forces started to close in around the city. So, like, she had to abandon her baby with her midwife. Yeah. And flee the city. Sucks. That does suck. Yeah. So, her and Jeffrey Hudson and the captain of the guard, uh, Jer- Sir German. Yeah, like, uh, Hudson and the captain of the guard, Sir German, like, each went their separate ways getting out of the city. Like, amazingly, they all survived. Jeffrey Hudson probably just dressed up like a child. Yeah. But, like, the queen escaped, too, right? Uh-huh. And, like, she made it to the designated, like, forest cabin meeting place. Like, just some fucking cabin in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. And, like, she found Jeffrey Hudson, German, and her spaniel Mitta while waiting for her. Like the stupidest D&D party on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> From there, they had but one place they could go. France. Ah, uh, of course. The queen's lady-in-waiting uh, had this to write about her. Um, the, qu- the queen of England was much disfigured by the severity of her illness and her misfortunes. No trace remaining of her past beauty. 
She was constantly followed by a great crowd of people running to see her. She was very ill and much changed. Her misfortunes had given her such sadness, and her mind was so filled with her sorrow that she wept continually. Yeah, and that's... Damn. That's after they're... That's when they're in France, right? Which she's not... Her life isn't in danger. You know, she's French, but that's the situation. Okay. They were safe in France, but they definitely weren't sound. Yeah. The hope's all gone, right? The court in exile was held up in uh, Nevers in like uh, late fall. It's like a mountain town in central France, like castle or whatever. In the cold, snowy mountains in central France. And like everyone there had seen some fucking shit. Uh, most of the soldiers were mercenaries or otherwise like rough and tumble dudes. Yeah. They didn't really appreciate the weight that this change of fortune held for the queen and for a captain of horse, Sir Geoffrey Hudson. Yes. You know, this was just their life. Uh-huh. You know, drinking and fucking gambling, lots of drinking. Right. And and all that shit. And like every other time in Jeffrey Hudson's life, one of their favorite pastimes was making fun of his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeffrey Hudson was now a man in his 20s and he had something on his mind. Being captain of horse after all and having been through the shit with the queen for years now at this point. Yep. He made a statement. He made an announcement. He's like, no more dwarf shit. No more jester shit. No more funny outfits. None of that. Yeah, put your foot down. Yeah, I'm a little guy, whatever. Fuck you, I don't want to hear it. In fact, the next motherfucker who says a goddamn word about how hilariously tiny I am, it's pistols at dawn. Straight up, like, he's yeah. just like, I will fucking duel the next person that says a goddamn word. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they took him seriously? Of course not. Fuck no, no. <laughs> In fact, they pretty immediately tried calling his bluff. The men decided it was a joke too good to miss. yeah. The volunteer was a dude named Charles Croft, brother of William Croft, the Queen's master of horse, which is a different thing than captain of horse, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this Charles Croft motherfucker is such a nobody that every source lists him as William Croft's brother. It's only in the 1960s biography of Hudson, Lord Minimus by Nick Page, that's listed as that his first name's listed because Page looked through like genealogies and shit. This was just some dude. Yeah. We have no idea what he said to Hudson, but whatever you think of is probably funnier than what it actually was, right? Whatever he said, regardless, Jeffrey Hudson fucking threw down the gauntlet and a duel was arranged in the park outside the castle. Yeah. The queen definitely did not know about this. For one, she wouldn't have let Hudson risk his life. And two, dueling had recently been outlawed in France. It had to be outlawed because it had previously been like the national pastime of France. (laughs) People shooting each other in the street? Yes. Yeah, cool. These motherfuckers loved dueling each other. It like became a societal problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> to the death, too. Like, this isn't some good time wrestling with the boys. This is blood for honor. Like, these fucking savages, these people. Damn. A good reminder also, because there's never enough, that the French are the most, like, stone-cold, violence-prone people on the planet. Hmm. Dude, yeah. The history of France is, uh, we forget a lot. We're still dealing with that, like... um the whole post 9-11 shit where they wouldn't fucking join the Iraq war. So we just like made made the French out to be cowards and like change the name of French fries and shit. Yeah. It's r- such a ridiculous thing to do that like didn't fuck surrender monkeys was a thing. What? Do you remember that? No. I forget if it was fucking who there was some fucking right wing or a pro war thing back during the Bush administration during the build up to the Iraq war. You're calling the French surrender monkeys. Surrender monkeys. Yeah. I've the, never heard of this. It's a thing. It was a thing. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. The French are the least peaceful people on the planet. Uh-huh. They are always just killing each other. 
revolutions, guillotines, fucking, I mean, they had the, the most feared army for like, for, Napoleon was French for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. Proud history of brutal violence in France. Mm-hmm. It's funny because their language is so pretty. Yeah. And their baguettes are so tasty. Mm, good cheese. Yeah. The duality of man. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, fucking uh, Azazel in, in the book of, book of Enoch. Yeah. Fancy dresses and fucking violence. Yeah. That's the fucking angel of France. That's that's that French friendship. Interesting. So when the time of the duel arrived, Charles Croft showed up. It was clear that he still thought this whole thing was a joke. Clear because as Croft and his seconds were joking and shit and the contestants were asked to name their weapons, uh, Charles Croft, this fucking chucklehead, pulls out a squirt gun. A squirt gun? I shit you not. I had no idea they even had squirt guns in the 1600s. This is new information to me. It was really more like a giant syringe used to put out fires, but the idea is the exact same. Yeah. So just imagine a super soaker. And he pulls this thing out and everyone is laughing their fucking asses off. They think it's the funniest goddamn thing in the world. Then they realize, slowly, that old Jeffrey Hudson, he's not laughing at all. Yeah. This isn't the little kid who they dress up as a devil for their bullshit plays. Yeah. Who was like constantly being made a joke food item. Yeah. Right. Who had all these stories and paintings done of his ass just for being such a goddamn hilarious sight to behold. No, this, this was the motherfucker who had been captured by pirates, survived a shipwreck with his queen, was shelled by the rebel, rebel Navy with a wooden boat for cover, rode deep through enemy territory with the queen as her captain of horse, and was at her bedside through childbirth and the collapse of the monarchy, escaped the parliamentary forces at Exeter on foot, and had done it all despite being 18 inches tall. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. <laughs> and you dare insult his honor by bringing a fucking squirt gun to the duel? That's the last straw if there ever was one. He simply won't stand for it. They wanna be short, he's gonna be Said he's gonna be, he's gonna be. Said he's gonna be short, he's gonna be Jeffrey Hudson demanded that they fight. And realizing that it wasn't a joke, Croft's seconds hurriedly found him a real gun. They mounted up on their horses, got into position, and the uh, I guess referee dropped the handkerchief in the horse's charge. Mm-hmm. Now being 18 inches tall does confer some advantages in battle. Especially mounted combat. Yeah. Much, much harder to hit. And despite looking like a child, Jeffrey wasn't. He was trained. Certainly better than Charles Croft at riding and shooting. And it turns out that Jeffrey Hudson was actually an exceptionally good shot. Mm-hmm. Croft cantered towards Hudson and missed his fucking shots, shooting at an 18-inch tall dude. And it's hard to shoot on a horse, too. That's not easy. Yeah. Very inaccurate. But Hudson charged at Croft at full speed. Just a dead run until he was like only a couple yards away. And then Jeffrey Hudson shot this dude in the head. He was dead before he hit the ground. God damn. Yeah. He he really followed through. Yeah. He was like, fuck around and find out. Straight up. I mean, he literally just charged him full fucking speed, pulled out this pistol, shot him clean in the forehead. Yeah. It's insane. Damn. And all those people that were just laughing their asses off five minutes earlier. Yeah. Wow. Now, despite dueling being illegal in France, it's unlikely anyone cared. This was an internal English matter. So why Henrietta acted as she did is a matter of some speculation. Mm-hmm. She banished him. Page speculates that it was actually to protect Hudson, as Croft had many powerful friends and some violent ones who might have sought revenge. Maybe she thought it was just until things cooled off, but Jeffrey Hudson's story was about to get real fucked up. <sighs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Nick Page writes um, 
It is the supreme irony of Jeffrey's life that his one moment of self-realization cost him everything. Everything he had came about through not standing on his own dignity, through behaving like a fool, a clown, a freak. All that he had gained, he had gained as Jeffrey Hudson, the Queen's Dwarf. The moment he asserted his individuality was the moment he lost everything. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Things get murky here. Hudson gave like one interview in his life much later, and so most of what we know about him is secondhand. Yeah. And now his ass was out on his own, right? He had only one place to go, however, and that was back to England. Right. Which meant going back to sea. And very few people are as unlucky at sea as Jeffrey Hudson. Yeah, it really seems that way. Yeah. He got captured by pirates again. This time, these were no English Channel, ransom your ass and send you home with a story, pirates. These were Barbary Corsairs, slavers from North Africa, the group of countries referred to as the Barbary Coast under the protection of the Ottoman Empire. Mm -hmm. Barbary Corsairs were described as operating with ruthless professionalism, which is the most terrifying way to describe a pirate. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Hudson's ship got got by pirates and 18-inch tall Jeffrey Hudson was taken as a slave to North Africa. He would remain as a slave in North Africa for 25 years. Holy shit. 25 fucking years. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. How yep. the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I see. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Three of swords. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, so slaves in this situation could ransom themselves. In fact, it was expected, even hoped for many times. Like slaves who would write someone for like a ransom letter, like, please pay my way, just bring it back. If it got refused, they would punish the fuck out of the slaves to get them to try harder because yeah. they wanted to sell them back. Oh, this is dark. Yep. 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 It, I mean, the whole thing is. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and it is a mystery why Hudson wasn't ransomed. I mean, really, his whole life, he's just be been sold from this person to that person. So this yep. isn't too much of a change. It's just a less favorable people to be. Yeah, it's real not good. Yeah. It's a real not good situation. Yeah. The queen probably never knew. Right. Like, who knows? Like, he probably tried or maybe he was just hurt mm -hmm. by being banned. You know, I honestly almost think that that's a little more likely. Like, he wouldn't write to her. Yeah. But I don't know. It's hard not knowing really anything from his point of view. Right. Yeah. You really can't. Even begin to like imagine what yeah. his experience of all these things is. In the book, Lord Minimus, Page speculates a lot as to what these years might have looked like for Jeffrey Hudson. But the truth is, we just don't fucking know. He was probably freed by the English government's slave buyback program in the 1660s, uh -huh. which is this was such a common fucking occurrence that the parliament like passed a thing like, oh, we're going to take a certain percentage of taxes, put it into a fund to just buy back English citizens. Hmm. And we do know is that he does show up in England again after 25 years of disappearance. Yeah. And he's a foot and a half taller. Right. Then, no, he's a foot and a half taller when he shows back up. Wait, what? Yeah. How? We don't know. What are they feeding him over there? Well, the thing is, so some sources attribute it to simply the hard fucking work of a slave, right? Physical labor, which his body was certainly not accustomed to. And physical things will do shit to your hormones, right? Mm -hmm. That's just that's just true and probably seems most likely. I mean, he wasn't busting ass, swinging a fucking a pickaxe when he was living with the queen, right? Right. There's another source that writes, and this might have come from this dude Fuller who interviewed him. Other sources write that it was due to the, quote, buggery that he endured at the hands of the slavers. The buggery? Yeah, that's... um. 
It's a euphemism for butt sex. Good lord. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, honestly, Yikes. physical labor is much more likely to cause human growth hormone to spike, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. I mean, fucking slaves didn't have a good time. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, I can imagine all sorts of fucking horrible shit happening to him. Right. When he uh, returned to England, when he resurfaced in England, he was now 50 years old with his life basically split in two. 25 years at court and 25 years as a slave. He lived a good long life. Yeah. I mean, maybe not a good one, but he lived a long life. Yeah. He. Um. The problem is that now he was just kind of a short guy. Yeah. He didn't have, he wasn't the pop icon Jeffrey Hudson anymore. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't just getting free money. He didn't have anything to fall back on. Yeah. So Jeffrey moved back to his hometown <laughs> of, I called it Oakland earlier. It's Oakham. Okay. Oak- Oakland. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't. He moved back to Rutland County and lived with his brother Samuel for seven or eight years. Which is interesting. Like, it was kind of custom. It would have been customary for Samuel to name his son after uh, his father. Uh huh. He didn't. He named him Jeffrey. So that probably that suggests that they were probably pretty close. Like until Jeffrey was seven or, you know, right. you know. he lived there for seven or eight years. Um, gave like one interview, and during that time he. Re- you know, received word that the queen had died. Meh. Yeah. You know, don't know how he felt about it. Yeah. Don't really know much about his thoughts Ugh. at all. Uh, all of this. Yeah. Kind of wish we did. Me too. Um, I mean, there is that interview he gave with Fuller, but it's like not, you know, recorded like as an interview now would be. Right. Yep. But probably what happened is why he moved out of there is Jeffrey needed money and thought he might be able to go see the new king, Charles II, and get a little something, something for his troubles. Yep. Because, I mean, that dynasty had been returned to the throne after the Oliver Cromwell and all this shit. Like, a lot happened in 25 years. Yeah. You know? When he returned to London, he found, like, a very different city. It had been ravaged by dual catastrophes of plague and fire in yeah. recent years. Um, and Charles II was a much bigger asshole than the last one. Mm-hmm. He didn't give a fuck about Jeffrey Hudson. Right. Um, however, Jeffrey probably did get to see the statue of him and the giant William Evans, the porter. I guess, big old statue. I guess that's cool. That must have sucked so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh. also, Jeffrey Hudson returned to London at the exact wrong time. No, God. A disgraced Catholic turned a zealous anti-Catholic Protestant named Titus Oates. Oh, Titus Oates. Who happened to be from the same town as Jeffrey Hudson. Mm-hmm. Weirdly Oakland. enough. Well, they're both in London. Yep. Where they just come from the same fucking... This dude was whipping up anti-Catholic and therefore anti-French uh, hysteria like nothing else. Yeah. Claiming that the Jesuits were plotting to take over their fair England. Nothing shit. ever changes. Nothing ever changes, It's always dude. the Jesuits. It is, but it is always the Jesuits. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like... it's Maybe it is, but like it wasn't no. this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes... I don't know what they do. I don't know what a Jesuit is. <laughs> there are a lot of things. <laughs> they're an interest. They're an interesting group of people for sure. Yeah, kind of cool, but I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. You know, the English really didn't trust them. And like after a justice was found murdered and it was blamed on the Catholics, like thousands upon thousands of Catholics just fled the got the fuck out. Yeah, and uh, thousands more were just straight up imprisoned. And that included Jeffrey Hudson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck. He was now 60 years old. Jesus. Spent another two years in a cold, shitty London prison. Well, fuck. After <laughs> he spent his 40th, 50th, and 60th birthdays in captivity. Yay. Wow. 
after he got out, records show that Charles II took a little pity on him and cut him two checks, the first for 50 pounds, the second for 20, showing that his pity had limits. And that's where the story ends. Hudson died in an unknown year, in an unknown place, and was buried in an unmarked Catholic grave. Fucking sucks. Like, wicked sucks. Yeah, this got really dark. It's a true fucking tragedy, man. Like, it got dark, then it got darker, then it got real, like, the darkest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's why I laid it on so fucking wet and heavy in the beginning. Yeah, "Ah, We can make you feel bad for laughing about it, piece of shit. Yeah. That's on you. (laughs) (laughs) God. Yeah. Yep. Don't make fun of short people. They'll shoot you in the head. They'll shoot you in the fucking head. (laughs) That's the lesson learned. One might say he made short work of him. Oh my God. (laughs) I was meaning to make that joke and I forgot. Yeah. Good, good one. (laughs) Okay. So the three of swords. Um, yeah. Bad news after bad news of bad. Yeah. 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 It's just sorrowful. Shit sucks. Uh, Saturn and Libra. So like the Libra is the scales of justice. Mm -hmm. Um, being caught up in like politics. Yeah. It's courts. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shit went bad for this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just always in the wrong place at the wrong time through. Yeah. Without agency. Yeah. At many points. Yeah. He did shoot that piece of shit in the head, though. He did. He and did make an act of extreme agency. You know what? I'll give him that. He warned them. They were warned. Oh, they were warned a lot. I fucking fully support him shooting that dude. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Hell yeah. No, like that's. He told them what was going to happen. Yep. They didn't believe him. They brought a squirt gun. Well, Lord Minimus. He became Lord Maximus when he shot that motherfucker in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the Lord Minimus thing comes from. I don't know either. Yeah. Well, I wrote the episode. I should have a better idea than you. Yeah. But I've just like that's just the name of the book, and then he's been referred. I don't know who came up with that. Mm-hmm. There's like a ton of like an, an enduring nickname. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of paintings and like poems and shit about this dude. He's a. There's much more like you know, fictional shit and like, uh, what's, what's the right word? Superficial shit yeah. done about him than real shit. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, that is in part to, because the problem with sources and stuff, it is like all secondhand. Right. Um, but it's also cause he's just a tiny guy, right? Like that's, it's, and it's, it's fucking wild. Um, and the fuck them, the fucking thing was like, he could have, it didn't have to be that sorrowful. You know what I mean? Like he could have like, it could have, his life could have just been like, oh, people were kind of fucked up back then, like just kind of treating people like that. Yeah. But no, it was like legitimately just unfortunately tragic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a pitch perfect tarot card, really. God. What an interesting story. Yeah. Learned quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a time period I don't know a lot about. The English Civil War, I don't know much about that. I know more than when we started. Yeah. I know more than when I started writing it too. So that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was just a fucking very odd story. Definitely. And very colorful. Someday I'm going to do Tom Thumb, you know, the real guy. Yeah. 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 The real guy. General Tom Thumb. And that's going to be quite a story, too. General Tom Thumb. General Tom Thumb. What are you talking about? I'm talking about General Tom Thumb. <laughs> Who the fuck is General Tom Thumb? The tiny guy. <laughs> the, like the, the nursery rhyme? Mr. Charles Sherwood Stratton. What? Known as General Tom Thumb. Who the fuck is this dude? He was like basically P.T. Barnum's first big star. Oh, shit. Yeah. Him and P.T. Barnum actually had like a good relationship, too. Interesting. Yeah. 
He had a whole mansion built where you can like it. The staircase in it is tiny. Oh, my God. Like, it has a tiny stove. It was built, you know, for him and his tiny wife. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Remember those dwarves? One of them who was uh, made miniatures. Mm hmm. OK, so Charles the first had like a prized miniature painting done by this dude. Yeah. And uh, he gave it to his his like guy who is in charge of his art and shit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think his name is like Vanderworm or something. Vanderworm. I think, dude, I think it was. There's something ridiculous like that. Or just call, I'm just going to call him Vanderworm. There you go. It's real close to that. Yeah. So Charles gave this fucking little miniature painting to this dude for keeping it. Like didn't ask for it for a while. Then he did. And Vanderworm couldn't find it. <clears throat> so he hung himself. What the fuck? <laughs> And after he hung himself, it turned out it was right where he put it, but he couldn't find it because it was tiny. Oh, my God. (laughs) Typical. It's so fucking insane. I don't understand what's wrong with all of these people. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But hey, we still got dwarf shows on on TV. They sure do. Yeah. And I don't think they're going anytime soon. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. No. So that's the story of Sir Jeffrey Hudson. That's Thank it. you for coming in with this. <laughs> You're welcome. Like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, shit. Hey, if you like what we do and you want to support the show, uh, yeah, I did. A lot of fucking podcasts go for the guilt trip with the with the Patreon. Just, <laughs> I'm just gonna insinuate it and then make myself look better for saying I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't advertise. We're not going to because we're stubborn like that. Yeah, I just don't want to. Yeah, straight up. Um, if you guys want to give back, help support the show, you can sign up for our Patreon, $5 a month. Uh, you get access to bonus episodes in our Discord server. And we'll love you forever. Yeah. That's true. Help me find more stories about poor bastards like myself. Yes. You also give us a ra- leave us a rating and review. And follow us on social media. Um, at Nonsense Bizarre. I think, I think we're in a phase right now where we're like going to trade off on social media detoxes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm going through my detox Fuck right yeah. now. It's, it's I support it entirely. Yeah, I'm going to have to fall behind you. Yep. But someone's got to man the ship. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate You're it. Salute. Master, captain of social media. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Take, take care. Take care. Does, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. Don't call people's fucking bluffs. Yeah. If they say they're going to shoot you. Yeah. Just believe them. (laughs) Don't don't push their buttons. Yeah. For real. No matter how tiny the buttons are. (laughs) Don't push the cute little buttons. Yes. Take care. Take care.